Welcome to the show. Ready, set, go. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this podcast. What's up? It's Mark and Mark. Hi, everybody. And we are back. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about politics. Have you missed us? <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you missed us? Have you? It's been, um, we kind of got derailed. Yeah. Well, it started know. with Corona. And then Corona was like, ah, oh, it's going to pass. And then it never passed. And then. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard because, like, nothing's really advancing. Like, nothing's really going on. No. Oh. You know, sports are canceled. Life is canceled. Grocery stores. <laughs> Life is canceled. Yeah, it's just a lot of things, things are going on. I kind of want to get back to the reason why I created the podcast. Which and is for sports and for, fitness. For and sports, fitness, and relating to athletes and helping them get better and sharing some of the experiences that I had and the knowledge that I had for them to use that way, you know, they're not trying to figure things out on their own. Yeah. So I have a thought on that to, to kind of put on top of that. Um, I wonder if there's any way we could put in like an actionable thing at the end. Actionable thing? Yeah. yeah like off of whatever bits of discussion we have for the day, something more actionable for people to practically do. Yeah. Well, like I, I've already mentioned like, um, you know, May was a mental health, mental health awareness. Mm. So like yeah. having a journal, um, which especially during these times, like I think it would be, you know, really good to document all this, all these events that are happening, all this craziness. But I think uh, as well, um, just keeping a exercise log. I, I talked on my my last one about um, having a big mentality. And at the end, I said, um, have a game plan, like document of how to get better. So one of the things that I think were highly successful for me as an athlete um, and what the coaches used were like the coaches had notebook, like stacks of notebooks full of workouts, um, just, just workouts that we, we've done. And whatever ones that athletes did well in, they would circle and highlight which athletes did really well on those. Um, I think as a coach, like that'd be perfect because then you can go back and say like, hey, this is what worked for them during this time. Let's implement it here and see what happens. So just being able to go and reference these things. Yeah. Um, and that as an athlete, like if you're following a strength program or even in your journal, um, you can go back and say like, hey, this practice I did really well and this is what we did. I think this would be, you know, I, I'd like to see this happen again. I'd like to train this way again to see where we are. And that was specifically for... Um, this is for swimming, but I think it would be implemented for... For everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, and you play football, okay. you play baseball, you play basketball, you play volleyball, soccer. It can be done for everything. So, um, and like one of the things that like athletes in Atlanta will learn, and like basically anyone who's in sports or at a high level, whether you're in high school or college, um, you have to treat this like a job, basically. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, you're... you're <laughs> This is your job to do. Um, you're not gonna have a lot of, you're gonna have free time to do it, but this is, has to be your, your main focus. So um, from the time you wake up, you know, what you put in your body, um, what you consume outside of food, like the, you know, knowledge and what you're putting yourself into, your, your discipline, like if you don't want to practice that day, obviously you don't want it then. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have to, you have to really want this stuff. So uh, those are things I want to talk about and like things that, um, that I did that would help younger athletes reach their goals. I mean, I mean, I, I have the kid Trey, Trey that I'm training, and he does a really good job of just 
absorbing everything like a sponge because he really wants it. And I have to tell him, like, listen, like, if you do anything at a high level, you're going to get injured. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just part of, it's part of the game. Um, and you have to really focus on it. If you go on vacation, like, you really can't take any time off. Yes, you can do all the things to, you know, with your family where, like, you're going on a fishing trip or, you know, you're going on a cruise or whatever, but make time. I don't care if you have to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, go work out. Make sure you're doing all the things necessary for when you come back, you're not starting off on square one again. Yeah. You know? Um, that was one of the biggest things that I learned um, throughout my, my swimming career because we didn't have time off. Like, I mean, there's 52 weeks in a, in a year. I maybe took a week off total in, in that year, you know? Because once you take off a week, you're, you're set back two weeks technically in swimming. So um, you just lose all feel for the water. And like, even if you have like a recovery day, it's not, you know, you're still in the water. You're not losing touch with the water. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it's important to clarify too, because I know that being the younger me, when you hear someone like you say that there were no days off, it's easier to think that in this like, like get after it, badass mindset that that means literally you don't stop and take a rest. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they used the word recovery because that's a more active way of, yeah. of engaging it. Is part of part of any pursuit is not that you're not ever stopping. It's not that you're not ever um, sort of like getting off the gas a little bit, but it's just more that you're actually consciously and deliberately putting in times for rest and recovery exactly. relative to the amount of work that you put in because you have to maintain the the vehicle, so yeah. to speak. So yeah, like uh, like he's like I said, the analogy of a vehicle is uh, something that my my coaches you know put in. Um, like like I said before in my earlier podcast, I was never a practice also. I was never like a practice swimmer. I was terrible. And the coaches always use analogies like Mark, you're like a you're like a Ferrari. Yeah. Like basically, we have to tune you up. Yeah. For like when race day comes, you're souped up, ready to go. Yeah. And that that's how I approach it. Like it's like look, like I'm not. Never going to be good in season. I've never been able to go best times in practice. You know, I, I worked hard, but I just I couldn't function in practice. Like it just yeah. didn't happen. Everything didn't come together. But when the championship meet came and push came to shove, like I was ready to go. Yeah. So like that, those are things you need to take um, take into consideration. And like the recovery point that you point uh, put out, like if you feel tired. Yes, like you're gonna have to take active recovery. You can't, you're not gonna be pushing at 100% all the time. Yeah. Um, like recently, Trey had a uh, punishment practice, his first punishment practice of high school. And um, he was telling me about it. I'm like, I don't expect, like, do you expect me to feel sorry for you? Because I've already paid <laughs> I've my dues. Like, that, I, yeah. I've gone through that. Like, that's, that's part of the game. Um, By the way, that's, that's not to say that, um, <clears throat> that's not to say there's no sympathy. Yeah, because I think it, given the circumstances now, I I, I want to be sort of like the the translator for things like this because I had to learn it myself. I, I'm, I'm a little brash, though. So well, you you grew up in that environment, yeah. and I yeah. I grew up a part of it. I mean, apart from it, thinking like that stuff was like excessive yeah. Yeah. and like brutish and all that stuff. But I've come to realize that it's not. It's that like with anything. Um, let's say in the arts, like if someone is learning the the fundamentals of of holding holding a paintbrush. And they're complaining about it, and you're like a uh, like a, an established artist. You're like, shut up! Like you yeah. just gotta do it. Yeah. And so, in this respect, um, when Marx is something like um, he's already put in his time, he's paid his dues. It's not to say that like whatever you you pathetic yeah. little peon. Yeah. There are people who have that attitude, and that might be off-putting to you. But if you're the person learning, and this 
and your coach or whoever, someone like Mark or someone in that position is, is sort of, comes off a little dismissive, they're not like cutting you off outright. It's just no. that they're saying, this is just part of the game. This is part of the process. Yeah. And like, I always said this, like you have to trust the process. Like your coaches know what, you know, what's best for you basically. For the most part. The you, most ha part. you have had some experiences had, yeah, where you had like lousy yeah. coaches. Yeah, I've had lousy coaches, but for the most part, they, yeah. they want your best interest mm -hmm. and they're trying to do what's best for you. Um, yeah, these pun sometimes these punishment practices are unnecessary, but you have to grind it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell you, like, I still remember my first day of freshman, uh, freshman year of college, um, running stadiums. Like, yeah. I, I remember that day. We didn't even run stadiums, we ran ramps. Um, you know, five o'clock in the morning, 90 degree weather, Bill Campbell Stadium running ramps. Yeah. Ran 14 of them, and somebody asked, hey, coach, how many are we running? He ran a whole bunch more after that, you know, until he was tired. Like yeah. that, and that's You're going to go yeah. until I'm tired. <laughs> and you have to understand, like, you know, first off, like, if you're an incoming freshman, either in high school or in college, don't ask questions, just do the work. Yeah. Because um, when, you're, when you're introduced to that, they want to see if you really want to be there. Yeah. Um, people, people will quit. You know, I, I had upperclassmen quit that, that day. Yeah. Um, we had a bunch of walk-ons, you know, hoping to get a scholarship and they, they all quit. It's who really wants to be here. And yeah. that, that's something that, you know, coaches want to see and that's something your teammates want to see. Like, is he a reliable teammate? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it um, can be very intimidating when you first get into it. Like, oh, I, I can, sure. like, like I, was, I can imagine. I was, like, I was scared shitless my, yeah. my freshman year. Um, and but, when you're intimidated like that, it can be overwhelming too because there's so much that you're, that you, you have to take in. So it's, it's easy for your mind to come up with excuses or rationalizations for saying like, this training practice is too hard, this doesn't make any sense. But you gotta understand, you gotta consider the pedigree, let's say, of the organization that, you were, that you're training with. You gotta understand that this may seem excessive to you given your beginner's perspective, but you gotta look at what kind of athletes and what kind of performance that they produced over time. Yeah. And you gotta, like, there, it, there's some logic to why it is they do the things that they do. Yeah. before. You, don't question it so quickly that you're either undermining your own ability to learn or undermining the performance of the, of the whole team itself. And like, you have to remember why you got into it. So especially like a freshman in college, you have to remember, hey, I wanted to be a college athlete. Mm -hmm. like, I, this is my goal. I need to refocus on, all right, we have, somebody asked, you know, how many are we doing? I'm just gonna take one you know, ramp or stadium step at a time. Mm -hmm. just, I'm gonna keep going, just keep making the interval. Until we're done, yeah. And that's all you got to do is like be a good teammate, clap up the people who are you know in the back, or you know if you're if you're the other one in the back, don't look. You know we finish through, finish through what the set or whatever it is. Um, <coughs> second thing I wanted to, to talk about with athletes is um like every athlete's going to face adversity. Um, like I said before, like if you're an athlete or just training at a high level, you're going to get injured. Um, there's there's no circling around it, um, and you can go two ways about it. You can be woe is me and have a victim mentality, which is something I don't recommend because no one's going to feel bad for you. They'll just be like, dude, mm -hmm. all right, well, obviously they didn't want enough hard enough. Mm -hmm. Or you'd be like, all right, this happened to me. How do I heal? And mm -hmm. then how do I get back to where I was? And then how do I get better? Yeah. Three step process. That, that, and that's, that could be a challenging thing against. Yeah. I'm going to kind of speak from the, the layman's perspective because that's mostly how I got into all this. But, but, but I can tell you that. 
um, having an understood like it's from seeing things from the perspective of here are these badass athletes and individuals who are doing something and they're saying all this stuff about how you need to be hard and you need to be tough. I, I even want to go back to your your what you said about punishment um, uh, exercises, punishment drills, whatever. You can think of that as like you can have the best laid plans for your day. You walk into practice, everything's good until somebody fucks up and then the course of your training now gets a little bit rougher and then the, the coaches are a little bit harder on you. Think of that as, as an opportunity for you to get stronger and better because not, even when you do get into season, for example, not every game, regardless of the best expectations and your best laid plans are gonna pan out the way you think it's yeah. gonna pan out. There could be a number of, of variables that are gonna fall into place that are gonna screw up your best laid plans and they're gonna, like your best, your star athletes could could all get hurt really badly and now it's up to the rest of the team to really pull together and, and, and make it happen for that particular game in spite of the fact that you may have had a pretty solid streak. So even if, say, you came into practice one day, like Trey, and you didn't think anything of it, like it was just another good day, and then all of a sudden you're hit with, you're gonna do punishment stuff. Just think of it as like, well, you know, this, think of it as one of those strange, adverse situations that you have to contend with that's just a part of life and part of the whole process. Yeah. I mean, it's, like I said, like, I, I've been doing this long enough, and I've been an athlete for a long time where these things don't shake me anymore. Um, and if I see them with another athlete... Because you still have to execute, yeah, right? Yeah, you still have, you yeah. still have to, a job to... To do, to do for yeah, the most part, perform, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I've, I've had coaches, uh, you know, Coach Brown is even uh, my, my swim coach in high school. Uh, he took my goggles, just like Michael Phelps coach uh, Bob Bowman did, used to do a number of times. Took my goggles, stepped on them, and gave them back to me. He's like, here, go swim your race now. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I swam the entire tuner fly, which if any of you have ever swam before and have swam the tuner fly, you know how grueling that event is and how frustrating it is to swim without goggles. Um, it's annoying to have them leak in your, your eye all the time, the water leak uh, in your eye with a broken goggle. So naturally, you rip them off halfway through the race. Yeah. And you continue to race swimming blind. And you have to learn how to adapt. Like, obviously, you don't want to lose. So you try your best to not lose, but you have that discomfort to where, like, all right, how do I overcome this mm. and not, you know, complain about it and say, woe is me. Like, you have to learn how to adapt to these things. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with, like, football. Like, uh, Henry ran a play with, without a shoe on. He just kept going, you know? That's like, cool. you can't, like, ah, oh, I lost my shoe. I need to go back. No, no you're going to get Yeah, you're never like, hold on, guys. Yeah. Stop He's the like, play. Wait, time out. Like, no, you can't call time out in the halfway through a play. Like, oh. um, you know, these things happen. Like, you know, um, baseball, you get pegged in the arm. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Yeah. But guess what? Like, you still got to go at bat, yeah. you know? And that's, that's kind of the wild thing that you mentioned the story with Henry is like, it's those stories that make it, that stick out in people's minds and make you that much more extraordinary that you were able to, regardless of the adversity that was presented in front of you, you still executed the job, so to speak. Um, and, and that's, I think if you're coming into this um, just for the fitness aspect of things and to understand sort of the, the, the athlete's mind, that's, um, Mark likes to say that when he's asked for why are you training, your answer is, Exactly, because so because <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's life. Oh, life, at, life yeah. though, as bland as life can be, will present you with certain challenges that you'll have to continue. Exactly. You yeah. know, God forbid you ever have to deal with like really bad diseases or like illnesses in the families, but you have someone that you care for, and they end up going through a round of like cancer and chemo and all those things. That's gonna tax you on 
in a whole new level that like, is beyond what you know and understand, beyond anything that you've ever experienced before, and yet you're going to learn how to take on that challenge and, uh, and address it, or not. You may just completely like, walk you know, away. If you, you train with me, and I've always joked about um, when I go for like heavy lifts, like I was like, I'll oh, save the baby. Yeah. It's, it's a joke. It's a joke, but, but. <laughs> but not really. Like, what if I'm in the, like, this is the way my brain works, and it may be comical or weird to some people, but what if I'm in the situation where truck falls over and there's a baby trapped underneath it? I need to save the child, right? So can I lift this weight or not? If I don't, if I can't lift the weight, baby's gone. Yep. But if I can, I save the child. So, you know, like every time I go for a lift, I go, I save the baby. Like that's, that's in my brain. So it's just like a life or death situation for me. Mm. Um, same thing like, you know, I want to learn how to do muscle ups when I first started CrossFit. It's like the reason I want to learn how to do muscle ups is like, you know, God forbid I'm on the edge of a building yeah. and I have to pull myself up. Yeah. How am I going to do that? I got to learn how to do that. So it's yeah. the way my, my, my brain works and like these are the things that the scenario, like the worst case scenarios that run through my head, like these are the things I want to be able to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, it may seem comical to some people, but like that's, you know. It does seem wild yeah. to think of it that way. But yeah. I mean, like immediately the first thought that came to mind was David Goggins did 4,000 <laughs> pull-ups. Yeah. 4,000 pull-ups over the course of 24 hours. I just reread that book for the second time. And it's a good book. Uh, he does curse a lot in it. But the point is... Get the audio version, though, because the yeah. audio version's way better than the hardcover. It's more insightful. More, Yeah, definitely more yeah. insightful. You get um, what they're doing, what they do in the audio version, is they do kind of like a podcast analysis yeah. of the certain portions of his yeah. life. Different, so, like, chapters and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So you get a little bit more insight into the, what, what he was thinking yeah. and what he was experiencing. How his brain works, basically. Which is critical. Yeah. But my point is, like, um, you don't want to... The, the thing with most people is they leave a lot off the table because they don't know the limits of what their human potential is. And you look at someone like Goggins who, like, he broke the Guinness World Record for pull-ups at, like, 4,030 over the course of about 24 hours. No, I think it was less than 24 hours. He stopped at, like, maybe hour 17 or 18. But this was after three attempts. Yeah. And he did that within six months, I believe. His mm -hmm. first attempt, he failed, and then like, a couple of months after that, he tried again, and then two months after the, the second attempt, he went ahead and did it. And at each, at each turn, there was some cataclysmic thing that happened. The second attempt, he actually, his, like, his whole hand basically got filleted open. And when they went to the hospital, to, like, the whole like, front yeah. top layer of his hand like, basically came off. Um, but all of that to say that when you look at stories of people like Goggins or whoever else, that should inform you what you're capable of as a human being and what you should be willing to challenge yourself to do. And also what it is that you're complaining about, complaining against that you're not allowing yourself to experience yeah. Yeah. to become. Um, yeah, and like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was, I'll say this, like I was a, I was a bit of a complainer um, in high school and college. I think we all are yeah. to an extent. But if I was in practice, I was going to do it. Um, yeah. I, w I would have bitch and moan about it, but at the end of the day, I got, I got done. And when I got done with it, you know, I was like, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Like, that practice really wasn't that <laughs> no, bad. That wasn't so bad. Yeah. And then my, my wrestling team is kind of looking at me like, dude, you bitched about it the entire time. Sure. Until, yeah. 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 And like, I, um, but what was great about being in that environment of just elite athletes is that you got called out when it was necessary. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what's missing in today's sports. Um, well, what's happened 
and again, I want to be the translator for the common yeah. man here, is that what's happened is that we've, we've created a space for, for compassion, so much so that we've dismissed all manner of like brutality as being cruel. Like yeah. we somehow see that as like you're you're being, you're being a bully, yeah. a bully, or being being inconsiderate of someone's feelings. Yeah. But the thing is, feelings lie. Yeah. Well, your feelings will tell you that this hurts. This barbell hurts. This position if sucks. You, if you looked at the greatest, yeah, I, I I correlate sports and warriors together because the training's so intense and the mindset has to almost be. You have to almost have a mi warrior mindset. The only difference is the the avenue through which you express your yeah. your ultimate training. Yeah, you're just not killing. So people. yeah, you're killing the game. Yeah. So like, if you look at you know sp the Spartan warriors were probably the most elite fighting force on the face of the planet the world's ever seen. Yep. There is no space for sympathy. Well, there's or, no space well, for... Or softness. Like, yeah. it, it was like you had to be hard to endure the training, to be called a Spartan. And like, if you weren't doing the things necessary, like you, you didn't make it. Um, yeah, and, like, war I, is no joke. Yeah, yeah, and like, well, they even fat shamed, they fat shamed, like Spartans had fat shaming. I don't know if any of you guys know this. Um, they gave you one red tunic, and you had that from the age of 10 to you were a Spartan soldier to you were 18. And it was to make sure that you either grew into it or you didn't grow out of it. Like, if you were too fat, guess what? Like, they would make sure you ate less and mm. you were given, you know, less food. Encouraged, and if you wanted to eat, you were encouraged to steal. And if you got caught, you had severe punishment. So it was a catch-22 for everything. Yeah. Um, and then it was encouraged for Spartans, like, you know, drinking in excess was not okay. So you couldn't get drink to get drunk, and they would bring the um, the uh, helotes. I think I'm I'm saying it right. If, I, if I'm correct. Helotes. Yeah, helotes. Um, I'm being silly. That means no, corn in it, Spanish. Oh, oh well. <laughs> um, yeah, the the helotes. So they they would bring them around because they were the the slaves. Um, they're not native born to Sparta. Um, they would get them drunk and bring them around the children and say like, this is what you don't want to be. This is, mm. you know, a drunk yeah. fool. And they, they would show it as an example. So um, it, these things, you know, obviously I'm trying to make a correlation of sports, but like they, well, they, they make an example purpose. of you. So, yeah, they serve purpose. Um, yeah, like, uh, I mean, you'll, everyone knows the, the person that slacks all the time in practice. Um, everyone has one person that does that. Yeah. And um, they obviously, they don't reap the benefits of being an elite athlete. Um, there's always one person on the team that does that, and you, you want to make sure that that's not you. Yeah. Um, well, I think, for me, the thing that I've come into alignment with once again is, why am I doing any of this? Yeah. Because I'm not, I, I don't have any intentions of competing in anything yeah. anytime soon. But it's just, I don't want to leave stone unturned basically. any stone unturned as far as life goes because i don't want to regret not having tried mm -hmm. i always have this question what if and yeah. if if anyone's like well yeah i'm five foot whatever mm -hmm. and i can't like i've never done this before. it's like but can you though yeah and i reason the reason why i kind of challenge or troll people in that respect is because the reward on the other side of that when you prove to yourself it's it's good to have friends who keep you accountable by saying, yeah, bro, like, don't be, you know, don't be a pussy. Yeah. I try harder. Come on, you got this. Like, quit being a bitch. The language there is harsh, can seem harsh. 
um, the the rhetoric. Most, that's nothing. And it's not like it's the, nothing. The, what the, the rhetoric used to of say like, to me. I mean, the, the Spartans yeah. used to throw out yeah. babies yeah. that were defects. Yeah. Like we're not talking about that. Yeah. Granted, like, and, and we live in a world where we have things like the Paralympics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when when the things like the Paralympics exist, it's hard for someone like myself to see things rationally and say, to to look at a perfectly like normally shaped, built human being who mm -hmm. happens to have an extra few pounds on them. Yeah and give them any excuses because yeah. when I see someone who is born without any arms be a champion world-class uh, archer, yeah. then I'm like, what is your yeah. excuse? And like, uh, to go off of that, uh, I've actually gotten the opportunity to train with some of the Paralympians. Um, and they go hard, yeah. huh? Yeah, well, I went, to train I went on a training trip to Colorado Springs when I was in high school with my club team. And I remember they were in, in the pool with us, just, you know, sharing, sharing the, uh, the pool, pool time. And one of my teammates, Drew, was getting beat by a guy with no legs, uh, swimming backstroke. And my coach, you know, called him out. He's like, Drew, you're literally being beat by a kid with no legs. <laughs> like, pick it up. And the guy who was beating him, I forget his name, but, he, you know, he was, you know, he didn't take it personally, but he... He, uh, he was like, you know, kind of motivated his son. He was like, come on, let, let's go to this next set. Let's, let's race. And like, they were the most motivated group out of, the, out of any team I've ever seen. Like they, they wanted it more than anybody else. And they fired us up to train harder. I mean, we were only, you know, 15, 16 years old, but they, they helped us push through, you know, everything that we were going through. So, yeah. um, and like they, they, they were pure competitors. Like they wanted to race and, you know, we were like, all right, well, we'll give you a race. Like. So um, you know, they, they were awesome, like super positive group, worked their ass off, um, you know, they're no different than anybody else. And like, they, they, they definitely had like the heart of a champion and they, they showed it, so. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the thing is like, they, they, they didn't see the, they didn't see themselves as a disability. They didn't, they didn't no. make any excuses for them. And that's, and the, I think the biggest thing for any athlete to understand like you can't have any excuses yeah. when you're when you're living this. And on the other side of that, they had a they had a reason for doing what they were doing. Yeah. And to, to keep striving. I think for the most part and again, for the for the normal human human being. Mm -hmm. Besides not regretting not have not having tried things, the other part of why I want to push this on so many people and to try and strive harder is because most of us, as Mark says, are sheep. And most of us have no direction or bearing in life because we just kind of go with wherever the wind blows us. Yep. And if you can define your life by something that you chose, um, I think that's a far better path to take than being dragged along down whatever random roadway that anyone else is going to take you. So if, yep. you're, if you are a, an armless um, world champion archer Paralympian, you will have been defined by the thing, by the accomplishments that you undertook during the time that you were, you should have seen, you should have been seen as like a reject in the world. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't, he doesn't see himself as a victim. And that's no. like, it's something I touched on, you know, two weeks or last week, whenever I did that solo podcast, but we're not going like, to get yeah. political, but yeah. this is why we get so political about it because yeah. it is that perspective of, you know, woe is me. It's like, hard it's to gonna... accept that the world is as oppressive as what people claim it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. If your, you want some more examples. Your destiny is literally in your hands. You can make of it what you wish. If you think you're a loser and you don't deserve anything, well, guess what? You made your bed, now lie in it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. So moving on 
from that, because I'm going to wipe it off the table like this. Moving on. Um, things that athletes should be focusing on now, it's summer, um, whether you're going to high school sports or college, high school athletes, you know, a lot of the high school football players are practicing football, going to go into pads, do your neck exercises. If you don't have any, there's plenty of YouTube um, tutorials on uh, neck movements that you need to do. Um, make sure you, everything you hit, you see, because you don't want to be looking down when uh, you tackle somebody. But um, other than that, like you need to be running. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Be How smart. How far should yeah. they be running? At, <sighs> David Goggins runs 240 miles. Yeah, well, you're not David Goggins. You're not training to be a SEAL. Um, if you want to be a SEAL, run at least 12 miles a day. Ugh. Go for it. Um, but for the average athlete, I would say at least three miles every session. Um, three miles is a good number. 5K is you know, not right. that hard to do. It's tw right. you know, 30 minutes of running if you're going slow. That's reasonable. Um, and yeah, be smart about it. Don't run in the middle of the day or unless you're a badass and you want to sweat. I'm down. Um, Two, because of corona, uh, be, if you're going to wear a mask, be smart about it. Um, if you're going to wear a mask while running by yourself, you don't have that's, to. Though. You don't have to. It's if on you. If you're but, doing athletics yeah. outside, I'm not even going to get into that topic, but um, just make sure you're able to breathe. Um, I've, I've <laughs> seen people pass out because um, of, of the air restriction. Um, and like, and you need to run. At every level. So if you, if you, you, when you play golf or you're a swimmer, all of you need to be running. All you athletes. Um, like I can't stress enough like how uncoordinated swimmers are outside of the pool, and it's not the sprinters. It's mostly not the mid-distance people. It's the distance people who swim two hours every day and can't do anything outside the pool. Um, you're tall. You're lanky. You have no coordination. Learn how to be coordinated because it's going to save you in the long run for college athletics. Um, and I'm saying this from experience. I've seen it, I've coached it, I've lived it. These are things you need to be doing because it is an ugly sight. It's like watching a baby giraffe being born trying to stand up. That is what it's like. That's what I will correlate it to. Um, yeah, it, it like, it's, it's an embarrassing thing to see. Um, so you're basically building a pretty solid Cardio base. Yeah, because you're building a bit a good cardio base, because you're gonna like it's gonna translate to in the pool time. Yeah. Um, sprinters should be doing explosive movements, box jumps, broad jumps, um, vertical jumps, uh, even short sprints out outside the pool. I would say. Um, I'm working on reacted time, um, the ball drop drill, which I'm gonna be doing with Trey in a little bit. Um, should do a tutorial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, you know to work on his reaction time. I had him do the jungle cats the the other day. Yeah, we were fun. like, yeah, it, it's uh, he needs to work on those because not very explosive. But for sprinters, um, I'll do a tutorial on that. Um, something that we did at Florida State for um, sprint and mid distance. And then uh, you know when it comes to the weight room, uh, you know squat, bench, deadlift, uh, power cleans for all athletes. Um, not really sure if you guys do overhead stuff. Uh, I know I didn't do it in college, but I, you know I, I think it if you do it safely, like a strict press, you can do um, safely. Um, Pull-ups are a must for every sport. Um, like I can't tell you how many you know football players I've seen who can bench press 315 but can't do 10 pull-ups. Um, 
you know. Shame on you yeah, guys. Yeah, you know, it's not, life is balanced. You can't have super big chest and small back. You're like, you have to have <laughs> both, you know? So. You can't drive with your legs. Uh, yeah, well, you, well, they have to learn how to bench with their legs too, so. Um, True. You know, I, I feel like if you took the best of different sports, like you get the perfect athlete. Like that's yeah. why I, you know, people always knock on CrossFit. I was like, yeah, well, they're pretty good at everything. If you think about it, like, you know, Frazier can sprint, as we've seen. He can run distance, as we've seen. He can lift big weights. He can lift big weights, as we've seen. And he's pretty good at gymnastics. So, and he's got pretty good conditioning. So it, it's, if you incorporate all these things, like you, you'll get a pretty good athlete, um, mm. generally. And then you can, you know, train sports-specific stuff, um, which is always necessary. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, next, like I talked about, like food. I mean, mindfully, you have to be. I don't care what your dietary beliefs are. If you're vegan, because you don't believe in killing animals. If you're a carnivore. If you're keto, whatever. You're trying to lose weight. Everything comes to a caloric deficit. You yeah. got to eat less. Everyone yeah. knows that. If you're trying to gain weight, you know, obviously eat more calories than you're burning. Yep. Um, those are the fundamentals. And those are really fun like that's the basics, bare bone basics. I don't care what your dietary beliefs are, but that's what it is. You know, the craziest so. thing that I've discovered over time training people and talking to them about their nutrition is that people actually undereat. Yeah. And it's not that it's like they overeat garbagey things, but they undereat on a whole. Yeah. Like, what I found a lot of times is that people don't take in enough calories for any given day mm -hmm. and then they complain about not having energy and then yeah. they complain about not having uh, decent performance when it comes to sports or the life or in bed or yeah. whatever oh. it is. And all these things, all these things translate. I say that because it's more like that's going to be impactful, more impactful probably to a normal person than the performance yeah. anywhere else. But I mean, um, I would say just for starters and to keep it simple, um, try to hit your standard caloric numbers for any given day and try to find out at the very least what your protein numbers for the day. Yeah. Honestly, between those two, You've got enough of a challenge to get that sorted out before you can move on into other things. Don't bother me, don't bother us with supplements, don't right. bother us about what kind of protein shakes you should get, unless until you want Until your diet is Until you, like, you can figure out how to eat the adequate amount of, of chicken breasts or yeah. steaks and rice to get to that, that magical number as far as your calories and your protein goes. Exactly. Everything else just like fill it out yeah. on your own because Honestly, like most people aren't doing that. Yeah, and like I, I, I'm totally against like high school athletes taking supplements. Um, like the only supplement you probably need, like I, I, I would even venture to say like high school athlete, you can start drinking coffee, but you don't really need it because you guys are pretty much indestructible no, at yeah. that age. Um, I, I know because I was that age, I was indestructible. Yep. Um, How do you need coffee for as a kid? Dude, my, my cousins already drink coffee and they were, they've been drinking coffee since they were 10. So it's, yeah. it's crazy. But, um, you know, for the parents out there, do what you want your kids. I'm not going to tell you what to do. True. Um, college athletes, you're going to have to supplement. Um, you're going to have to supplement the protein, um, especially directly after practice because your practices are going to be grueling. Yeah. Um, just be careful because there's a lot of, um, a lot of companies that are not, uh, funded by the NCAA and you can get banned for tests and pop for drug tests and stuff. I won't go into my story. Um, and then uh, you just be careful with the supplements you buy, like make sure it's approved by your athletic training department. 
and goes with the NCAA because you don't want to ruin a scholarship opportunity or don't go, you don't want to get kicked out of the university for taking a supplement that you didn't know was illegal or didn't yeah. have uh, a substance that was it was in it. So, yeah. and um, I'll say like, wh what supplements do you really need? As far as like, if you're trying to put on mass. Start with food. Yeah. Especially if you're like, if you're uh, field athletics, if you're trying to put on mass like in, in, in games like football, um, I'd say just start with food. I mean, people used to do some ridiculous stuff. Uh, like, well, if you go back to the 60s and 70s, like, like the, gold, the golden era of bodybuilding. Like, they do like go mad, like yeah. they have, they had to like eat like a jug of milk a day or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They would, they would literally gallon of milk, like a bunch of like yep. six pounds of beef, like that's kind of- That'll get you there. Yeah, that'll get you there. Oh, that'll get you uh, there. Your stomach might have little issues. Oh, it's gonna hate you. Yeah, it, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely gonna hate you. But um, I, I would stay, like, just be mindful. Like, there's a yeah. smart way of doing things. Well, so. I mean, you know- and There's you, so much research out there to where you can figure out what's good for you. Yeah. Um, and I, if, I, if yeah. Yeah, uh, so this isn't contradicting Mark's uh, word about your dietary restrictions. Be mindful of what your restrictions are. Like Mark, for example, cannot have tree nuts. Mm -hmm. Like he's not gonna go pound like jars of peanut butter or almond flour, almond butter because it's just it's he'll die. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I die after the first spoonful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in that particular case, if yeah. you know that you, for example, just can't eat, um, let's let's go with a kind of kind of controversial one. Um, you can eat gluten. Don't have it. Yeah. There are other ways to skin that cat. You can have sweet potatoes. You can have fries. You can do whatever else to fill your your um, carbohydrate quota. But just make sure that you at least hit the adequate amount of calories in any given day, adequate amount of protein, so that you can stay fueled for your training as well as recover for the next training session and the and the next following training yeah. blocks. I agree. And then like the last thing I wanted to touch on. Um, a lot of universities are going to this. They went to this when I was in school. Um, the mental aspect of training. So seeing a sports psychologist now, back when I first started swimming, like if you saw a sports psychologist, you had, you're, you're crazy. Like you had issues, <laughs> but seeing a sports psychologist in college actually helped me a lot because it helped me relax, helped me not feel pressure and gave me a lot of focus in what I need to accomplish. And I think it boosted my performance more so than ever. So, mm. and a lot of success, like a lot of, like University of Alabama, University of Clemson, um, I've all started seeing sports psychologists and look where they're at, you know, three, three, four, five national championships. So um, I think that, you know, my alma mater, Florida State University has done, Mike, Mike Norvell has, uh, has made all his athletes go see a sports psychologist. And I think that's something that athletes should look into um, at the high school level, definitely at the college level, because college level, it's gonna be free if you're a scholarship athlete. The high school level, there's so many tools that you can look at. Um, obviously, not everyone can afford a psychologist, but there's tools online, um, just listening to a couple of sports psychologists on YouTube um, that help you, if you take notes and try to implement these you know, visualization tools and um, just these practices that help you get ready for game time and what you need to accomplish during a sport because everyone has to accomplish certain tasks in a given sport. Like there's certain things you need to accomplish. So that will help you regain focus, visually, see visually what you need to accomplish and make it a reality. So that's something I would definitely recommend that all high school athletes start doing. Mm -hmm. If you're a coach, I would actually start implementing that into your practice. Um, I know 
when we visited the Olympic Training Center, our coach had us do a visualization training um, every time, like for every big meet, for nationals, for states, um, you know, s you know, spring nationals, summer nationals, like everything. Um, every, every big meet where college recruiting was happening, and every big meet where it was a potential to get a Olympic trial qualification, like that was the goal to visualize all these things. So, um, visualization training and sports psychology is like could be your secret weapon if you choose to implement it to your, your programming. Mm, yeah. I mean, just like, just like with every aspect of the human body, the mind needs some level of awareness built around it as well as a way of understanding what's going on in there. And, and you being just a normal human being, day-to-day -day person on the street, you're probably not going to understand what it is that's going on in your mind, let alone how to apply that to things that are going on in your day-to-day. -day. So having someone on your side, like a, like a therapist or a team of people who are more informed about this stuff, is going to help you not just, I mean, yes, performance is important, well, what about your day-to-day? -day? It's your performance in your day-to-day -day as well. It's going to help to just work in synergy with everything else, with your nutrition and in your fitness, to make sure that everything is flowing in an optimal direction. Yeah. So well, that's all I got today. Cool. Yeah. So, so I think that was a fairly productive episode, more so than our previous more ranty episodes, because yeah. frankly, we are sick of all the ranting, and yeah. honestly, it, it leaves us feeling stifled and kind of in a... I, I just want to get back to the days where I could talk about yeah. how shitty or how great my football team's doing, and you know what numbers are people hitting and what sport, what's going on in the sports world, but yeah. none of that's going on. So yeah. um, that's why we started getting very political, and we, we were very... It's easy to about, get yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, hyper-focused on hyper focused, But I definitely want to get back to helping athletes because that, that's something that I wish I had when I was younger instead of having to figure things out yeah. you know, by myself or having to ask dad about everything. And, yeah. you know, I so. almost want to, like, for, those of, for those people that have been watching this, mm -hmm. I almost want to pause it and say, if you, if you saw us as a means of, of a better understanding athletics and understanding the mentality mm -hmm. and all of the things that went into that, we kind of deviated there and talked more about the things yeah. that were going on in the greater world. And you probably were experiencing that yourself. Yeah. And it was probably nice to have that bit of, uh, of, of recognition mm -hmm. within this particular community to have that. But we want to get back to whatever it is that we're doing. This isn't, to, just to clarify to everybody else, we're not dismissing that there are there are issues within the system, so yeah. to speak, that need to get addressed. But we have to continue to address um, what makes us thrive in our day to day. So yeah, we can't just exactly. get mired in in all the challenges and all the, and all mm -hmm. the all the painful things that are out there. Again, it's not to dismiss it. Yeah. We're going to address it, but we also have to retain some level of sanity in yep. this world. And I agree. part of that is that if we define ourselves by our performance and the things that we do because of the athletics that we pursue, we can't just dismiss that because it's what defines us. Um, and so that's why it's important we had this conversation and personally I wanted to give you all something that you could do um, I wanted to just take any take any one of the things we discussed in this episode find one thing and tell us what you're going to execute on yeah I would I would absolutely love if you left a comment down at the bottom below I think yeah. we would like I, 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 yeah I'd actually like some feedback like what you what topics you guys want to you know talk about um, what you think could be implemented the training like any questions you guys have, yeah. I think it would be you know very beneficial. And if you guys can ask those questions, like that would give us talking points instead yeah. of trying to you know search for it, that that stuff. So yeah, um, that would help us out, which will in turn help you out. And it's crazy how that works out. You know, yeah, yeah. One hand gives, the other one takes, and then yeah. gives back. It's so, just when you teach. Yeah. Well, when you teach. <laughs>
you end up sort of seeing the holes in your game or yeah. you see you end up seeing just how well you really understand the topic. Exactly. And that's why we do this is because we're also in a quest for learning and understanding. So if if the if understanding the limits of your human potential is something you picked up today, if you got an opportunity to, to, to pick up Goggins' book, if you learn that you need to eat more and train harder, or you need some more accountability in the mental and mindset space, no, shoot a message, I mean, uh, leave a comment down below and tell us which of those things really resonated with you so that we have a better understanding of where we should cater this conversation to you for. I'm Mark with uh, Florida's Fitness Podcast. Also, you can find me at My Primal Being and the, uh, the shady cast of characters that is behind the camera that tend to the camera are uh, Echelon Media. And I'm Mark as well, and you can find me on Instagram at MCOX91, and you can find me on Fortis Podcast on Instagram as well, and on Facebook at Fortis Podcast. Mm -hmm. So, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, thanks for hanging out for a little bit. It, it's you know during the technical difficulties, and uh, you know it's just sticking sticking with us for uh, during these times. So, appreciate it. Good times. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Bye. Bye.